You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Hey guys, Coach Ben here, BigBenches.com. It is early Wednesday morning, one of our more early podcasts here. Uh, so, small arm, big knee has his kombucha. Is that what that is? Yeah, I got Hellfade kombucha. It's phenomenal. Pink Lady Apple. I asked him what the hell flavor is a Pink Lady Apple. And I can't believe you ever had Pink Lady Apple before. Just, apple. just apple? Just What's, apple. Why do you add the Pink Lady? Like a, I think it's uh, like a strain of apples. Pink Lady Apple? Yeah. Like I know Granny Smith. There are Jazz Apples. Mac- my favorite. Macintosh. Go to Trader Joe's. Oh man, there's so many different <laughs> kinds of apples. Yeah, you go apple picking. This is that stuff that's got the uh, got some weird hazy shit in the bottom. Kind of <laughs> looks like an unfiltered beer. Yeah, but you know it's live stuff. But I guess in an unfiltered beer, that's live stuff too, right? Yeast. Yeah, yeast is live. Oh, yeah. well, you just ruined a lot for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sip of coffee for the working man. Oh, I have my cap on. Can't drink like that. Sip a copy for the working man. If you're going to work, if you're going to uh, the gym, wherever you may be listening to us today, sip a coffee for you. We are talking raw versus equipped training today. So if you're ever interested in learning a little bit more about what it's like getting in a shirt or how your training might be different, this is the podcast to listen to. The Benchcast. All right, so we're going to talk about some of the importances, things to train, some of my favorite exercises between raw and shirt work. So if you're a raw guy, you're an equipped guy, or a raw gal or shirted gal, this is going to be the podcast to listen to right here, the Benchcast. All right, sitting here with small arm, big ass knee. First off, some order of business, RPS, September 14th. Newark, New Jersey. Elvis will be there. It's going to be a good time. He's pulling weight. I'm benching weight. Um, registration, as I know, is open, but I have to confirm that. I have to confirm that. Gene's very uh, delayed with opening up these meets. Um, so I got to make sure that opens up so you guys can sign up. September 14th, it's the Big Bench Push Pull Worlds RPS, Newark, New Jersey. Um, you can go to Revolution Powerlifting. Dot com, and then go down to September 14th. It's called Conquest of the Gods. He's very creative with his naming. Uh, <laughs> you see, he's uh, got some interesting looking trophies as well. They all pile up in my basement at some point. You can only keep so many of those large ass things. I wish they just switched to the medals. I would just hang up medals in my gym. It'd be so much uh, easier. Yeah, medals are very convenient. USPA got it right. Real quick and simple medals. Um, but Conquest of the Gods, you'll go down, you'll see ours is called the Sword of Democles. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but uh, Sword of Democles, the push-pull world. You'll see sponsored by BigBenches.com. So make sure you guys sign up for that. Um, if you're watching, you're listening, you're all friends of mine. We're going to come down. It's going to be a big old it's gonna be a big old shit shoot amongst friends, pushing and pulling weight. Uh, going to be a good time down there. So September 14th. We got title belts on the line, some real nice title belts, not some uh, 
That's some garbage bullshit from Toys R Us. We got some nice title belts for this meet, um, and they're on the line. All right, this is a championship match. So, today, Raw versus Equip. All right. What's some of the differences between the training? Did you ever get in a shirt there, Elvis? Never been in a bench shirt. You ever throw on a bench freak or something? Bench freak, yeah. That's, uh... What'd you think? That's real aggressive. What'd you think of that? Because that's kind of like a shirt. Yeah, it just felt like I was, um... I just wasn't getting it right. I got, like, zero pop out of that, and I know it's, like, 100% technique. Tough to get down, right? Yeah. I felt like I had to row it down. I felt like I had to, like, actively spread against because I was getting tucked in so hard. Yeah, it's a uh, totally different world if you're not used to it. Um, and the bench freak's aggressive, but a shirt would be even more aggressive because now you're getting sliced and, and bloodied up pretty good uh, with it. Louie tried to fit me in one of his old shirts, but uh, we would have had to cut me out of that one. That wasn't going on. That wasn't going on. Yeah, guys, if you are in a tight shirt, um, make sure you got people around. But you can get uh, sleeves, some slippers, bench slippers, bench sleeves, whatever the hell you want to call them. Um, I got mine on uh, Anderson Powerlifting, I believe, or Titan. And uh, I've had them now for a year and a half or so. So that helps so much. Even if you have a looser shirt, Pops them right on where you need to be. Some pops the sleeves out. Real easy way to get a tight shirt on. Um, baby powder's good, but I just stay away from baby powder because uh, I just don't want to get any on my hands. And the sleeves are super easy. So you invest in a quick pair of sleeves. Um, stop messing around with your trash bags. kind of looks dumb. It's 30 bucks. Come on. Just get that. Last year, as long as you're going to have it. Um, then you don't have to stick trash bags all over your arm and look dumb wearing trash bags um so if you have a tight shirt that's a great way to get that on but totally different world we had a session just this past weekend where i got a lot of our lifters that came down into um in the bed freak band all right and man were they getting frustrated with that thing um our bill had that on and he just could not get the groove um and it was his first time in, in the Bench Freak Band. He didn't, he didn't know what to expect, sure. And it's totally different than your Raw. And that's what we're talking about. When you're in the equipped stuff, whether it's one of those uh, <clears throat> Bench Freak Bands or they got Titans, got a Titan uh, Super Ram now. Oh, Super Ram. It's pretty much they took gold standard knee wraps. That material, if anyone knows the gold standard knee wrap material, Super stiff, doesn't move on you. They pretty much sewed that up into a device with the round arms you just slide through. So <clears throat> they made the super ramps, or I think it's called the, not the super ram, supercharged ram. Supercharged. And uh, <clears throat> they just made that thing. So whether you're in, <clears throat> you know, one of those, or whatever the case may be, the bench freak tucks you in big. Um, but it's a little bit different groove. All right. You're not going to be able to keep. That straight down, up and down groove. Alright, you have to touch lower on purpose. You have to throw back more aggressively. Alright, we just did a uh, video on this what, the other week. We were talking about how to work your, your shirt or your equipment there. And you want to pull it down till that chest plate um, sets in tight on you so where you can't go anymore and then you start barreling down to the belly tucking your elbows as a raw lifter you're not going to be tucking your elbows 
All right. Um, you're not going to be benching that low. Uh, you know Horn. He does that. That's yeah. his raw bench. His raw bench is a sure to bench. That's why his raw bench isn't going to be where he would want it to be. Um, he could be a lot better raw bencher, but he's benching like a shirted guy. So I was like, let's just throw him in the shirt. He'd be much better. He hit 585 easy in the bench freak band. And this is a guy who does like 360 raw right now, maybe. No, he hit like four something first time in the shirt, too. Yeah, uh, well, I think he did 500 that time, first time in the shirt. And he's, he's instantly added 150 plus pounds to uh, his bench, just jumping in some equipment. Um, so that's pretty damn good. But he's he would be an example someone that tucks too much raw, um, whereas you could do that in a shirt because of the tension, the different tension throughout the equipment. So <clears throat> that's probably the biggest difference. You're just going to have a bigger angle to your bar path. Uh, you're going to be touching lower. You're going to be throwing back more aggressively. Uh, you're going to be tucking the elbows harder, all that stuff. So it's also going to play to different strengths, and that's what kind of leads us into why you would train the way you would train is in a shirt you're building up so much tension which is why it's so hard to touch and all that that you're gonna get pop right off your chest you don't necessarily have to be super strong off the chest that's not what's gonna um you know really push that lift for you raw you gotta be super strong off the chest because if you're not super strong off the chest Chances are you're probably heaving weight. You're probably using some sort of momentum to get the bar going, um, which I don't coach that style whatsoever. Um, But that's where your primary focus is, getting strong off the chest. Because if you can get that bar accelerating quick off the chest, uh, that's going to carry you through the lockout half the time. You know, Um, Some people do have a mid-range sticking point that's literally like tricep strength. Like, they're strong off the chest, they're in a good position, they just really do have a mid-range sticking point. That does happen raw. But for the majority of people, uh, stronger off the chest is going to deliver results 9 times out of 10. All right? So that's where I would put my primary focus if I'm raw, is anything that's going to help strengthen um, off the chest. All those bench variations off the chest going to be very, very important. Uh, whether when you're in a shirt, Right, we just talked about how you get the pop off the chest. So where you have to be strong, you have to be strong near the lockout, mid range and beyond. You know, right? Because you're handling so much weight that you have to be very proficient with grooving. I'd say it's just as much a technical practice in anything because you have to ride a perfect bar path back. If you don't, done deal right there. Um, but you have to be strong at the at the lockout. Uh, in the last meet I did, it was seven ten, seven thirty, and um, 715, 730. Don't want to shortchange myself five pounds. Um, and I got it right near the lockout. And I can't even tell. 715 wasn't as locked out as the 730. Um, I thought I had it good. But I'll tell you, I was pushing with everything I got at the end. It wasn't like I just had my arms completely locked and the weight was just hanging out my arms. I was pushing like a son of a bitch to get that, that call. Um, so... That's an example where, in the past, before I started really hitting these different movements I'm going to go through, um, I might have not have gotten that lift because I wouldn't have been able to hold that that position very well. But that's where you need to be strong in the shirt. It's right there at the end. I've missed lifts in the shirt where it's literally, it's, it's so annoying because it's just that little bit extra elbow extension. You just can't get it. 
you can't get it and you're fighting for it, you're fighting for it and you don't get the call. And it feels like an hour under the bar. feels like forever. The guy, he's not giving you the call. You're like, God damn it, this son of a bitch locked out. And you feel like yelling, it's locked out. But it's not really. Then the weight starts swinging on you because it's a shit ton of weight. And then you're like, God damn it. And then the thing comes down towards your face. And it's... uh. And it sucks because it's just right there. I had that happen my first 700 attempt that I took. Um, just couldn't get the lock, and that was, that was pretty much it. But after that, I trained uh, lockout like a son of a bitch after that. Sip of coffee for the working man. Sip of kombucha for knee strong. Oh, damn, that's good coffee. I used the chickadee one. I have the chickadee roast. Something, some city roast thing. Um, got on Amazon. But it's good. I mixed it up with uh, Cafe Bustelo. I think everyone's familiar with that. Oh, yeah, that's the old school uh, Spanish grandma kind of coffee. Good hard-hitting espresso there. Uh, mix that shit all up. Well, like a 24-ounce tumbler thing. So a sip of coffee for you all out there. So you can see the strength curve is going to change a lot when you're in this type of equipment all right, versus raw. So I'm going to touch on what's going to get you strong raw. All right, these are the exercises that I use. Um, for example, I'm training for a raw meet right now, okay? So I'm prioritizing more so stuff off my chest. I'm still doing some shirted stuff, and um, I'm still making sure I'm proficient there in the time being because my ultimate goal is not to hit a big raw bench down the line. I'm, I'm more building up my raw so I hit a big shirted bench. It's a little bit different, but um, right now I'm training a lot of these movements right here okay t-shirt press all right when i say t-shirt press um i do mean like a low spoto press whatever you want to think about i just don't call it spoto press because typically with most people it's associated with leaving the bar up a little higher and i want that bar to be as close to chest level as i can so i can really get that benefit so it's literally when i say t-shirt press it's like you're touching the hairs of your t-shirt without letting that weight sink into your chest Okay, that's a great, great move because then you have to stabilize that entire weight yourself. You're not letting any of that weight sink into your chest whatsoever. Great move if you kind of caught in that, that heaving trap there. Uh, we just posted a video on that the other day. Um, if you're caught in that, sinking the weight, trying to pop it up, that's a great, great exercise for you because you cannot do that. We got a quick question from Entering Berserk Mode. Is it a good thing to rely heavily to entirely on leg drive, including off-season, or should I ditch leg drive in the off-season? So, that's a good point there. Um, and I'm about to, to get why the feed-up variation so great. Uh, but I would reserve that definitely more off-season. Um, so, for example, say you have 12, 16 weeks. The first eight or so, four to eight would be... Um, just strictly feet up benching probably uh, maybe depends on your circumstance but that's how I would lay it out <clears throat> and then those last four to eight weeks would be um, your regular benching and then you could have feet up benching in as like a secondary type of work but you're going to want to start practicing the full thing before the meet so that's how I would kind of lay that out um, the feet up stuff would be uh, more or less reserved for, for off season work as a main movement but you can always have it in the, the training cycle. For example, we got a guy on the team, Adam, who has um, made huge strides with his bench as of late, probably in the last six months or so. Crushed it last meet. 
Um, and now he's pushing like through the low 400s, looking really proficient with it. And um, what was big for him is a lot of the feed up variations that we were doing. We did feed up everything, feed up Spodos, feed up Thompson style Spodos, feed up with bands, uh, close grip, all this, all this different stuff with feed up variation. And um, he's gotten really strong from that. So when I take that out from the main movement and I have him doing feet down, I don't necessarily take feet out from his program completely. Um, I still leave some feet up work in there. All right, but I'll get to why that's uh, why that's a good variation for sure. So the t-shirt press awesome move. Anything long pause, and that's more of a variation of of a, of a bench. Anything that you pause for a long time off your chest. Cause remember, that's where we want to get strong. The other day, went to LA Fitness get some. Uh, some bullshit in. Get that pump in. Get a little pump in. And um, all I did, I, I loaded up 225 on the bar. And I just took that bitch down there and it just got tight. Just got tight with it. Created a lot of tension at chest level. Um, and I, I did that for 10 seconds. And I just bent it as hard as I could. I was just, you gotta watch out because those freaking bars at LA Fitness, you probably will bend them. Um, but I'm crushing that thing as much as I can. I'm just trying to create as much tightness as possible in 10 seconds with that thing. Um, then press up from there. Just something to do, three sets. And um, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Just You don't have to go 10 seconds. I'm thinking more like three to five. But um, that was just a like, quick thing I did while I was over there. Um, got some looks because I think people were thinking I was going down with 225. And then boom, blow up from there. Uh, <laughs> kind of looked like I was stuck on my chest. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just you have to be able to create as much tension as you can in that bottom position. That's where you need it. You need to be tight in that bottom position, guys. All right? So anything long pause is good. Dead presses. We just filmed a video about one that you can do, like, off the pins. Boom. Right off the pins. Like a, like a half inch off the pins. Another dead stop. And then, boom, right from there. Um, like, you just do dead press right off the pins. There's no eccentric portion to it, so you gotta be super tight right off the bat. Alrighty, dead presses are awesome. Feet up benching. So why the feet up benching? So critical um, because that it helped me a shit ton too. Feet up benching, especially if you got a, a good arch, you cut a lot of range off a full setup. Um, I won't say anyone probably gets a shit ton out of leg drive. I don't think the discrepancy is as huge as people think. Um, between the feet up and the, the legs. I think the legs, more than anything, they really add um, stability and tightness and help with the setup um, more than anything. But why they're so great is because once you remove that, now you're in a little more of a flat position. So that's probably the biggest thing. You have to travel more range. Uh, you don't have the use of the legs to, to add to that or to help set the position throughout. So feet up benching can really, really spark your progress. Um, in big ways, and I'll even do that when I when I get in the shirt too. Um, I mean, I'm not benching in the shirt feet up, but um, I'll still have feet up work as I go through a shirted training cycle. So that's feet up can be super super valuable, and I encourage you if you're a little bit of a plateau and um, you haven't tried any feet up type variations, and you you have a big arch, maybe you go super wide on the bar. Um, you see this commonly with women who. Um, can get into an unbelievable arch and they'll bring their hands all the way out in the bar 
Um, not really for any particular reason, except they're just trying to cut range because now they're in a big arch. Um, that, to me, is kind of like a little trap um, that's going to limit you because now you're playing the range of motion game so strongly that you're never actually developing your bench um, in that in that way, so in that long range. So feet up works great for the raw. Incline work is awesome for the raw. Again, it's a range of motion thing. You're going through a larger range. Shoulders are, I'd say, more important with raw work than anything. Um, I think you're going to see, and we're going to talk about that, how the shoulders probably matter just as much um, with raw work as they, they would in a shirt. But um, incline is a great way to hit a bench variation, tap into your shoulders more, hit a longer range. So I like to incline a lot for, for raw work. This is all stuff I've been doing in this training cycle I'm going through stuff raw. Um, so we'll touch on the shirt a little bit, jump sides a little bit here. So if you're sure to guy, listen up here. These are three three moves, all right, three moves that I cycle through. Um, I don't really veer off from this. This is pretty much it. It's simple. Three moves. You just add in variations, all right. That's just pretty much the bulk of my train. I've been doing this, um, these three moves, three, four years, um, just spinning them in different ways, adding variations to them, keeping them fresh. That's it. Um, don't have to get too crazy with ideas, thinking of uh, different stuff to do. Three moves. Three moves, guys. Ready? Close grip board press. All right. Real simple. With bands, with chains, whatever you want to do. Um, different height boards, closer grip, wider grip, whatever the hell you want to do. Keep it real simple. Three moves, guys. Three moves. I, out of this one move, I can make like nine freaking variations if I want. Feet up, feet down. You know, I could do a lot of different stuff. I could do false grip. I could do a different bar. Yeah, there's a lot of different variations I can spin on just this one thing. Okay, but at the heart of it, it's a close grip board press. All right, and that's going to be raw. Close grip because, as we, we're going to talk about shirted, I want to really stress my triceps more than anything, okay? So, close grip board press, and I love it with bands. I specifically put down here bands because in the shirt, you're going to get enough pop for a certain amount of distance, right? That's where you're going to get the most spring out of the material. But from that point on, that's when you need to create that acceleration you need to finish through to lock out, all right? With bands, all right? And we saw King Leo the other day. Right, that that one got him. That one got him because uh, that's that's exactly where his sticking point is too. He gets that pop off the shirt, a little more longer range, and then it's he really needs to get the strength to finish would be uh, mid range and on. All right, so you see a lot of guys will struggle when you throw them on this exercise. Close grip board press and the board's height's gonna vary with how long your stroke is. I'd probably go two to three board. I could see some people doing a four board though. Um, you want to keep it in the triceps. You don't want to go through so much flexion that you're tapping into your chest. You want to keep it um, right in the triceps. With the band tension, you got to go from that point, that weak point right there, and then all of a sudden accelerate through all this band tension that's just going to load onto the bar real quick. That band's not really deloading at all. You're going from that mid-range, boom, to lock out. All that band is, is slapping on the bar real quick. Um, so it is really tough because you got to create so much explosiveness from that weak point. That band sneaks up on you. Yeah, that band. You're like, oh, not too bad. And deloads a little. And boom, you got to explode through all that shit real quick. Um, you don't have time. In other words, you don't have time to catch that stretch reflex more and then accelerate beforehand while the band tension's not so high. 
you have to go like literally zero to 100 uh, very, very quickly, okay? So, and like I said, you could do this with a different bar. You can do chains if you wanted. Um, you can do a lot of different stuff, but it's, it's a close grip board press. Second move, floor press. Uh, you can spin this in a lot of ways. You can put bands on this. You can put chains on this. You can use it. I like using an axle bar if I have access to it. Um, you can use you know, a lot of different bars. All right. Um, so you can spin that in a lot of different ways. You can do a regular grip. You can do a close grip. I usually do close grip. Um, actually, false grip, close grip with a floor press. All right. So this is another great move. And that's going to stress what that mid-range to the lockout because your elbows are going to be able to travel down to the floor and then boom right up from there all right we got a question rolling i'll take that now all right for one time again from entering berserker mode any tips on elbow health from an exercise perspective uh don't do don't do things that bother you that's all i think you're going to definitely get a lot more benefit out of mobility perspective like even getting a, like a lacrosse ball or a golf ball around your elbow and your forearm and your bicep and your tricep, getting that there and kind of like loosening up any like tension you have is going to do a lot more for your elbow than you know just not doing an exercise. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's strictly just taking care of the tissue and all that, um, but don't do anything that bothers you. That's all. I don't know why some people. Um, some people need to do skull crushers. I have no idea why. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, some people like skull crush is a common one that bothers people's elbows, and um, it's a great exercise. But if it's bothering you that day, why start the program? Just switch it. Literally, there's like a thousand different tricep moves you could do. Um, I don't do dips. I've never done dips. Uh, I don't like doing dips because I see a lot of video of people ripping their pecs right off. It freaks me out. It freaks me the hell out. <laughs> Not that I, that's gonna happen to me. But I just don't do it simply because I watch a lot of videos and people rip their pecs off. And that freaks me out. So I just don't do dips. There's a lot of different ways to target the triceps. All right, so moving on to pin press. That's the third move. Pin press. So we got a close grip board press, floor press. And now we go on to pin press. That's when you're pressing dead off the pins of a rack. Another move that I really love. And again, you can add so many variations to this. I've never tried to do this with bands, but I imagine that would be pretty freaking brutal. Um, you could do um, different heights, of course, different heights, different grips, uh, different types of rep schemes. You can do this for uh, absolute max. You can do this for reps. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can spin it. But what are you doing overall? Mid-range to lockout. Same type of deal, guys. And this one you can really vary more, especially we got some kind of like that west side rack where it's got the holes spaced out. Um, very small you can put that pin in wherever you need it all right so three moves guys that i use for secondary work in the shirt um doesn't really vary from that you just add variations of them all right whereas raw yeah, a little more i mean i guess it's the same type of thing it's just feet up shit t-shirt press dead press incline you're just hitting different points hey, i right. think a good thing for raw guys is to have someone else count your pauses because, in, you know, uh, under the bar, you're going to have, like, a half-second pause, a two-second pause. If you have, you have someone else actually count out a three, a five, ten, you know, then you'll really get a good training benefit out of it. And also, for you raw guys, it's one of, so the weight is sub-maximal. It's really easy just to hang out down there. But to get the most out of your training, when you're down to that level, 
create as much tension as possible. Don't just hang out there because it's easy when when the weight is light. You don't see guys um, blowing their nose out, bleeding everywhere, and shaking like a leaf with an empty bar. But that's what happens to me sometimes, especially in the winter. My nose will just start bleeding. I'll start shaking my empty bar. That's the kind of intensity you got to bring to a weight that's very light. All right, always bring 100% max effort to what you're doing. Um, a lot of people just don't do that across the board in all lifts, and that's what separates you from being average and being elite because you think about how much times you do that. Um, always bring max effort to what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, when you're hanging down there, actually try to create more tension than is needed is a good way to look at it. All right, let's move on to accessories. Now, accessories I don't think are going to vary too much between whether you're a, an equipped lifter or you are a um, raw lifter. You're just kind of targeting different muscle groups in, in different points. So, obviously, with raw, we have to be stronger off the chest. What's going to come into play here in raw, I think much more than anything, shoulders, chest. So, these are body parts I would prioritize a little bit more. When you're a raw lifter. And the shirt, triceps back. I'd prioritize a little more. Because right, you got to go from mid-range to lockout, um, be stronger there. And then your back strength has to, be, has to be on par, at least the technique associated with it, to be able to lower that weight where you want it, get that weight down. Um, so you have to have a really strong back in terms of creating the stability. All right, so... And that's how I'll train my back, too. I'll train it relative to creating more stability. So I'm not always just going through reps. That's great. But do some stuff like seal rows where you have to hold static positions for time. Seated row, hold that for time. Um, TRX row, hold it for time. Do some stuff like that. So um, let's, let's throw out some of our... So we're looking on the raw side of the things. Shoulders, chest. What, what's some of your favorite shoulders, chest stuff? You got to put overhead press in there. <laughs> yep. Overhead press. I mean, I'll do that too with the shirt work because ultimately, what gets your shirt stuff up, anything that gets your raw up. If my, I do overhead press, my raw bench goes up, my raw bench goes up, my shirt bench goes up. And then I love me some uh, some dumbbell presses, like a flat bench, incline bench. For the chest? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so especially when you do dumbbell too, guys, if you can get a little bit more range than you can get with a barbell, go for that little bit extra range. Um, yeah, I'd say shoulders. Um, so we all recovered overhead press. I'll go with like a single arm dumbbell overhead press. That's another one of my go-tos. Um, we're talking accessory work. Usually for me, overhead press is main work for the day. Um, so I don't usually ever use it now as secondary or accessories. It's usually a priority of the day um, if I do overhead press. So usually I'll stick with I'm doing accessories. I'll do some kind of dumbbell single arm overhead press. Because that's very challenging, too. Um, I don't have the strongest core in the world, so I really can feel um, the stability demands with a one-arm uh, overhead press. Uh, you really got to work with the obliques to, to stay rigid enough to press heavy weight that way. Um, that's probably where I feel the challenge just as much as the overhead. Um, so that's why anytime you can get away from seated stuff, too, get up and stand. Um, incorporate so much more of your body. Chest. Um, I'd have to say, we really want to kind of isolate some chest stuff and just take away from the press. I'll go with, like, a chain fly. I'll, I'm big on, like, really loading up chains 
and doing flies. You get the D handles, put a bunch of chains on them, you get like three chains per side. What's that, like 60 pounds per side or something. It deloads fully in the bottom so you can get a nice big stretch. Um, and then boom, right at the top where you're you going to um, not put yourself at as much risk for anything, uh, not really in stretch position, get that contract, all that weight's loading up and you get a good squeeze. So I'd have to say uh, some chain flies. I think you just like chains because it looks badass. Well, that too. You, know, you got to do push-ups, you got to wear chains around you like your Rambo. Sip of coffee for the working man. Trying to wake up here a little bit. All right. Um, if we're going to train accessories and the shirted side, we prioritize the triceps back a little bit more. Some of your favorite triceps or back movements. I, I got to say, you got me with that uh, the banded board press. That was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, then uh, the one with the close grip board oh, press yeah. there. Yeah, and then there's good. also something else we did. We did the uh, the close grip board gauntlet. Start from a five board, work your way down to a one board, and then go all the way back to a five. Yeah, a lot of different. Uh, lot that was a lot. Of, a lot of reps. A lot of rep. Um, what about from like an accessory perspective? So I'm, I'm like just talking isolation type I'm a shit. Big fan of push downs. Push downs. I just think that people push do them a little weird. You know, they they, <laughs> they lean over, they get like their whole body into it. When yeah. you want it to be an isolation exercise, if you have like a pair of neutral grip handles. I think those are great. I love the rope because you get a little more range of motion. Um, I love that spreader bar from uh, Elite FTS. Yeah, it's just too bad. It's like 170 bucks for the freaking handles. But you can take your thumbs out of it. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you take your wrist out of it. Like if if you're doing bicep curls, take your wrist out of the motion. Let your like your wrist like lag. Yeah, you could let the wrist bend a little. Isolate triceps. Um, get such a nice spread at the bottom with that spreader bar. Um, yeah, any type of push down is probably my favorite tricep accessory. I've actually been going back to doing some more skull crushers lately. I just find that with those types of movements, I really have to um, you know, get get a couple sets of 20 in first just to warm up the elbows more. But as long as I don't jump right into it and warm up the elbows, I um, seem to be fine. Rolling dumbbells, um, try to get a little bit heavier with that. Um, one of my favorite moves too. But again, got to kind of ease into that um that's usually maybe you just need a warm-up on accessories too people don't think of that but once you get to moving a certain weight uh you kind of got to warm up for your accessories a little bit too uh you can't just jump right into it that's not always great for uh your elbows and whatnot so yeah i'd say uh the rolling dumbbells any type of push down skull crushers have been doing a lot more of um banded stuff x-band bands are great too um yeah that's what we finish up triceps with uh back back work like i just said a lot of static holds that's how especially in the shirt that's how your back's gonna work it's it's gonna have to be very statically active to uh hold your position mostly all right you're not i wouldn't say you're actually rowing the bar down it's 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 not is what you would think it is it's not like you're literally going through a row you know that you're still you just you have to lock in the position, and yes, the initial part of the movement you're probably rowing in pretty aggressively, all right. But I wouldn't say it's it's a row. So I would train more to hold positions. So things like lying lat pullover hold, one of my favorite for the bench, 
because that's literally what that's what you're doing on the bench. You have to take that bar out, and then you have to crunch down with your shoulder blades to maintain that position throughout. Um, can't beat that. Um, any type of hold, like a seated cable row hold or TRX hold, I was just saying. And when you're doing these holds, guys, don't just break the bar back and hang out. Really try to lock everything down. That's how you're going to get more out of it. If you just bring the bar over to you here, um, and you're just chilling with it, that's easy. All right? If you bring the bar over and you start bending the shit out of it, getting tight, you're going to get like a million times more out of that movement. You go from not doing much of shit to doing something. All right? So always look to crush whatever the hell exercise you're doing. You got to crush that thing. All right? Uh, so that's what I would say for the back. But other than that, rows, like heavy rows and stuff, I like uh, seal rows are awesome. I'm a big fan of bent over rows. Bent get, over get a little rows. extra core component in there. Strengthens up your back. That's why I don't like uh, bent over rows. It feels, like, <laughs> it feels like a deadlift to me. I'd rather do a row than a deadlift, to be honest with you. I just don't want to stand up with it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah, guys, kind of recap for you. There's a big difference between raw and equipped, mostly in the groove of everything, or but also in the training, because raw, stronger off the chest, typically you got to work off the chest more than anything, um, and usually when you do have a mid-range issue, it's more of a technical issue where you're trying to get momentum off the chest. That's where the issue is typically there with raw. Sure, a little bit different strength curve. Now you're worrying more about mid-range onto lockout being strong there because the shirt's going to give you so much pop. If you're not getting good pop off the chest you're probably in a bad position again so accessories uh or to kind of cover the things we we went over real quick secondary work raw versus shirt raw stuff all off the chest stuff t-shirt press long pauses dead press feet up press incline press shirted stuff close grip board press with bands with chains whatever floor pressing pin pressing all mid-range to lockout work um, if we're going to go over accessories, I say raw work, what you're prioritizing more than anything, shoulders, chest, uh, we went over some of our favorite things there, and then shirt, prioritize more than anything, triceps back, and we went over what we like to do there. With the back, definitely uh, sticking to the side of more static holds and, and what your back will do to hold positioning, all right? So, covered a lot of good stuff. Remember, guys, September 14th, Newark, New Jersey. The title belts are on the line. There's going to be a lot of promos cut for that meet. Hopefully, Gene opens that thing up soon. We can get everyone signed up, ready to go. May already be open. May already be open, but (laughs) it's not. I just checked it last night, and Gene doesn't wake up this early. So, um, once that's open, I'll be making lots of posts about it. September 14th, title belts are on the line. You can get your break and bench records. And I think we can uh, sneak in one more question. Let's get a cue in. Yeah. Sip a coffee for the working man. This could be a whole podcast in itself. But uh, when an average male lifter, uh, sub 90 kilos, I'm guessing, drop volume and focus on doubles or singles for his, for a meet? This guy What's has a question meet? again. When should it takes it... me a while to really soak in something because I'm not. The brain has to work a little hard. <laughs> when should an average lifter sub 90 so kilos? Ab- we're talking average lifter. Yep, lighter weight, under okay. 90 kilos. More beginner? I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, drop volume and focus on doubles or singles if his meet is June 23rd. When should? 
Yep, like reduce the volume, focus on doubles and singles more. The meets June twenty third. Yep, I would do that right now, fella. I, I'd already be on. What that. the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, start doing that right now. Um, what are we May? We're at the end of May, like twenty eighth. Twenty. Oh shit, fella. All right. So my meet is June twenty second for for put it in reference for you, and that's about like three and a half weeks out. That's like now. Uh, so, uh, you gotta know probably what you're opening with, um, by now, you know, I, I gotta figure that out too. That's going to happen this week. Um, I gotta know what the hell I'm opening with. And then from there, uh, the week after that is my heavy week. So that's where I'm going to really know what I'm going to take throughout the meet because I'm going to go for a heavy single. Um, last week we went heavy on the boards so i got an idea to one board but this is gonna be to chest now so yeah fellow man um because you gotta you're gonna have a week where you're deloading um and you uh have to know what the hell since you're a beginning lift you probably get away with hitting that heavy uh single or whatever two weeks out but i mean we're in that week now um so you gotta get proficient at doing singles like right now this is the end game yeah, and in the future for you, I would start that process up to, I mean, depends on what you need, but six to eight weeks out, I would start getting real familiar with doing singles and, and low rep work. So I don't know what you've been doing now, but yeah, I would switch that over like ASAP and get on it. At least know what you're going to open with and then what your meat attempts might be. From Lu- Lewis Ben 220, he says yesterday, homie. Louis spoke, fella. Yeah, it's got to happen three weeks ago. <laughs> That's all right. Don't freak out. Um, find out what you're going to do for an opener like this week or next week, and then uh, we'll go from there. If you, you want any help with that, uh, just DM me uh, June 23rd. That's Sunday. I'm actually, I'm, I think I'm actually lifting Sunday, too, so we're, we're in the same boat, fella. All right. That's the podcast. Wrapping it on up. All right. Oh, no, oh, we got a buzzer beater right here from uh, Louie. What's an accessory uh, trading method that hasn't worked for your shirt trading? All right, that's a good one. That's a great one. That's a good one. Um, that hasn't worked. Oh, man, with a, with a stumper. Ooh. I don't follow everything's worked. Bench just keeps going up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say I think over the past year or so, so primarily the training has been know what I'm going to hit at the meet, like work with those numbers off boards and just singles. And if you think about it, that's like three reps per training session. So the big shift that I made uh, because of this last man standing bullshit mostly, which I completely do not like that format whatsoever. I'm like three for three for eight, three for nine in that bullshit. Um, but the big shift that I made, and especially from going and training from all these dudes I looked up to in the shirts, um, Ray, uh, Rich Putnam got some training with him. Um, Jamie Mata was able to go get training with him. Um, one thing I kind of took away from, from watching everyone is, is is doing a lot more reps. I started that working in with uh, guys at the gym and just being able to go through more reps and seeing the the change and the progress and the technique from just more practice, um, seeing those changes and how quick they occurred with everyone, I've definitely switched over to now when I train in the shirt. It's not just 
working down in boards and hitting what I would like to hit at the meet. Um, yeah, I like to feel those weights, but I got to say, um, it's just doing reps, and I've switched a lot of what I do with my team over to starting out to work out, do triples, float them, do reps to a board, um, whatever it is, usually a lot of chest work too. Uh, I I don't want that surprise anymore because in the past it would hit you like a shit ton of bricks. You're starting to come down with that weight, and you're like, God damn, I don't remember it being this low, even though it's not. Um, but working off the chest a lot more, doing more reps, that's probably um, the big change I made. So I would say those singles stuff, it worked, but I don't think it's going to work um, from this point on um, as much as it did in the past. So that's one of the big changes I made. But damn, that's a, that's a tough question. That was a thinker. Everything worked for me. <laughs> Sip of coffee for the working man. All right, I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in to Instagram Live. Uh, join us next week. Remember, pop your cues in. Uh, we'll answer them live on the podcast. And, guys, we're going to start doing a Q&A video. All right, so we're actually starting to film the, the first one today. And that's um, our Instagram story. All right, we post our weekly Q&A thing. All right, all those questions that you post up on that is going to be answered in the Q&A video, longer format. All right, so on Instagram, I got, what, 15 seconds to answer your question. That's like zero time. So on the Q&A video, I'm going to take those same questions. I'm going to answer them a little bit longer format, and then we're going to compile it. goes on YouTube. All right, then I'll give your, um, well, not sure if I can give the ins. I'll have to start tracking that more. I don't think I got that. I don't think I got that knowledge right now. But I will start tracking Instagram and start giving shout outs on the YouTube. All right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to uh, the Benchcast. Benchcast.